Hey, welcome back to the Silver Fortune podcast. I want to start off by thanking each and every one of you for tuning in today. You know, after my last podcast, one of my recent podcasts, I should say, I received a comment, a comment that I get from time to time, basically saying, you get a little too chatty. Um, chatty Maddie is a, a phrase I've heard thrown around before as well. And I get it. I, I ramble sometimes and then other times I just have a lot to say about a certain topic. Um, and, and so on one hand, I'm not going to apologize for that. On the other hand, it is something that I am aware of and, and have tried to control in the past, tried to, to keep things more concise. And that's what I'm going to do today. There's a couple different things I want to talk about, starting off with, of course, some of the recent price action in the precious metals market. And, and, and I'm going to try and keep each of these topics to three minutes or less. So hopefully we'll be done, you know, uh, 15 minutes or less, right? If you guys like the longer format, those are still here to stay. Um, but you know, between 10 and 15 minutes seems to be a pretty good time span. So, so I want to start off here with, with the, uh, the price of silver, um, uh, which I'm really focusing on here today because it has, well, gold's actually up on the day. You know, gold is more or less even, I should say. Um, if you look at where it started the day and where it's ending, it hasn't moved around a whole lot when it's all said and done. Uh, officially, according to goldprice.org, um, up $9. You know, it started uh, overnight around $17.80, currently trading around $17.82. So not a whole lot of change there. Silver, on the other hand, has been absolutely hammered yet an for yet another day. After yesterday, um, where, where we had that that pretty significant spike, which was quickly hammered down. And I use the word hammered because, yeah, this is manipulation. Yeah, this is... This is a, a ton of paper trading. I'm not saying that we can try, you know, chalk up everything that happens in the silver market or the gold market to manipulation. But yeah, um, I think that that has to be taken into account, whether it's for a greater conspiracy or it's on the basis of, of, of you know, the, the bullion banks um, or other financial entities simply trying to, to pad their own pocketbook. It, regardless, um, it's it's I do consider it manipulation and I'll and I'll continue to, to defend that claim. Anyways, silver down roughly 50 cents today, almost 50 cents, trading at 22.33. And, and to put that in context, you know, it wasn't that long ago that we were talking silver up above $25, um, just a couple weeks ago, up above $25 an ounce. And already we're back down to 22.33, not quite the lows that we saw um, a few months ago, uh, kind of end of September when we saw silver drop below $22 for a brief period of time. But this does kind of follow, you know, what I talked about then or even since then about that that silver does tend to put in a low this time of year for a variety of reasons. And sometimes it's just that the news happens to line up with that um, reason or line up with with the um, coincide with the drop. But but here we are again. And by the way, that I'll be talking about some other things here in, in today's podcast. It's not necessarily that the news is lined up with what should be a drop. I mean, you look at the, the new variant of COVID. I mean, if anything, that should be bullish. We're not going to have a huge shutdown. We're not going to have a huge deflationary shock to the economy. But you better believe we're going to get a lot of easing, whether it's from the fiscal on the fiscal side, uh, a lot of fiscal spending or easing from the from from central banks, um, silver, gold to silver ratio um, up around 80 to one. Uh, which is which is pretty high. Um, that's that's tends to be 
where it's found some resistance in the last year or so. Uh, back in the day, it was around 84, 85 to one where it'd find resistance. So it could certainly trend a bit higher. Um, but of course, that, that resistance was blown through, you know, early 2020 during the, the COVID shock. So we'll see. But, but I do anticipate silver to be heading back up to the upside, you know, by the end of the year, actually, by the end of December and even in the, you know, Q1 of, of 2022. All right, moving on to the next topic here. Singapore piling into gold for the first time since 2000. This is reported by Kitco, Bloomberg, a lot of others. Um, uh, that uh, between May and June, um, the Central Bank of Singapore bought a total of 26.35 metric tons of gold. Now, in the whole scheme of things, um, Singapore's central bank is small, and, and their holdings of gold are small compared to the U.S. alleged holdings, uh, Russia, China, and many other central banks, um, but it is significant nonetheless uh, because because I think that um, whenever you see central banks, and a lot of times it is these smaller ones, moving into gold, it's for a good reason. You're seeing a sentiment shift within their own um, politics. They have politics within their own central banks, just like we have here in the United States and, and the ECB and whatnot. Um, you're seeing a sentiment shift uh, basically towards towards gold and towards monetary metals. I think that there's this notion, there's this belief that we are moving away from monetary metals as a whole, whether that be through the IMF and the BIS and some of the other major central banks of the world. Um, but the truth of the matter is that that's not true. I mean, they're just simply untrue. The U.S. have we we haven't touched our gold holdings reportedly. Um, for, for a very long time. China has been a buyer over the past decade, a huge buyer. Russia has been a huge buyer. And I'm just talking central banks or, or their governments, one or the other. Um, and, and many, many others have been buyers as well. In fact, you just have a few exceptions, you know, in the past decade or two that haven't been, you know, Canada, I'm looking at you. I think they added to their reserves recently. I think I saw that somewhere, but, but they got rid of all their gold before. Other than that, most have been buying except for those maybe that had to sell to keep their currency afloat or something like that, which is part of why a lot of these central banks have it in the first place. But no, we're not moving away from monetary metals. Sure, we're maybe moving towards a new form of fiat, whether that's, you know, digital central bank um, created currencies. Um, certainly, we're, we're, we're moving away from even cash and more and more to a digitalized economy in the first place. But we're not moving away from precious metals and we're not moving away from gold. And I think even when it's a small central bank, we even had Singapore or some small, you know, central European country, small, you know, relative to the United States or Russia or something. Even when you see them, you know, buying gold, that's that's significant. This is the first time they've reported an increase in their gold reserves for, for Singapore. Um, for Singapore since uh, 2000. So significant nonetheless. Uh, moving on here. Um, this is something I, I talked about in one of my recent videos that I posted, I think last Friday, I took it down because the audio was all messed up. So like within an hour or two, I'd taken it down. Uh, it's kind of a bummer. Dollar Tree. This is maybe one of the biggest signs inflation, one of the most clear signs of inflation that we've seen in um in the past year, Dollar Tree uh, last week reported that they are bumping up their prices to a buck twenty-five for most items. So, you know, the last you know large that I'm aware of, the last large dollar store that is in the United States is 
no longer going to be a dollar store. There's Family Dollar, there's Dollar General. They have dollar in the name, uh, but but they don't generally limit themselves to those prices. Dollar Tree was kind of unique in that. And and by quarter one of 2022, that is no longer going to be the case. Um, they're increasing a buck twenty five, with some suggestion that maybe some of their prices are going to be even higher than that, uh, three dollars, five dollars. Uh, the uh, let's see here. Um, in in the statement, Dollar Tree said, "quote a, that, that it was not quote a reaction to short term or transitory market conditions." Uh, more on transitory here in a second. Um, basically signaling that this is this is here to stay. This is because um, our, our business model has to keep up with well, inflation. Right? You can call it supply chain disruptions. You can call it whatever, but but. At its courts, it's a lot of inflation. Um, their CEO, Michael Witinski, said, quote, lifting the $1 constraint represents a monumental step for our organization. And we're enthusiastic about the opportunity to meaningfully improve our shoppers experience and unlock value for our stakeholders. That's a good way to spin it. I mean, hey, if you need to provide value, value to your shoppers by raising prices by 25%, that it's only a quarter, but it's 25% inflation. If that's what you need to do to be able to find products to put on there that are people are actually going to buy, then, I mean, that's what you got to do. Every business is doing it. It's hard to spin it positive, though. I can't think of another business that would be more impacted by a shift in prices to the upside than, than a dollar store um, because of people's well, perception and, and the idea of just a dollar you know, plus tax. Um uh, Paul Eberhardt over at silverdoctors.com covered this last week. Actually, right before this announcement came out, I think in the week before, he had, he'd written an article about this this coffee uh, that they sell there, Cafe El Moro. De- decent coffee. I've actually been buying it, and, and it's good. It's 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 good. It's espresso grind, so it's going to be strong if you use the same amount as you usually would with, with other grinds. Um, it's only a dollar for like six ounces, and you look around. That is some of the cheapest coffee out there, but it's good. But... It, lo and behold, it's um it's moving up another twenty five cents. <laughs> so, uh, just another sign of inflation, another sobering sign of inflation in uh, in today's economy. The final thing I want to touch on here today is is more inflation, and and I brought up transitory earlier. I'm referring to to Jerome Powell, good old good old Jay Powell, and his um his use of the word transitory. Right, this is this has uh, been something that he's been sort of mocked for. Um, there's been a lot of people on his side that have patted him on the back and said, you know, you're right. And this is just transitory. We don't need to be afraid of this inflation. It's going to be here and I'll be gone by, you know, soon. It's transitory. It's a terrible word in the first place. It's, it's, it's got its definition. It's got its use. And it's a terrible word to use for something like inflation because I think many people would employ, would, would, would feel that transitory implies that it would be minor and short lived. The definition of the word is a little more fluid than that. Transitory just simply means, you know, temporary. It doesn't really speak to the severity or the length. World War II was transitory, a transitory period of high violence, high amounts of violence in Europe. But but it was pretty drawn out, and it was it was a lot of violence, right? But it, it was transitory. Well, um, uh, this was uh, on Tuesday. He was speaking to, to Congress. He said, "Quote: We tend to use this is the word transitory to mean that it won't leave a permanent mark in the form of higher inflation. I think it's probably a good time to retire that word and try to explain more clearly what we mean. N- make no mistake: the Fed and, and Jerome Powell have 
always been quite careful in the words they use. Um, using the word transitory, there was nothing, you know, off the cuff. And, and he, you know, he continued to use it for many, many months. Um, it was not a, uh, it was not an accident. Um, and, and, and the whole notion that it won't leave a permanent mark in the form of higher inflation, 1% inflation is permanent inflation. As far as I'm concerned, the U.S. dollar rarely goes through periods of deflation. Um, so, no, it's inflation and it's permanent, right? It leaves a permanent mark, whether it's 1%, 2%, 6%, whatever. Um, well, he's looking to retire the word. Uh, it's, I think, going to go into a, a long list of, of terms of statements that Fed chairman and Fed members have used over the past two decades, plus, but, but especially the last two decades, that I think um, historians will look back at and, and see as just clueless, right? It's like when we look back to like the late 1920s, uh, when there was that guy, his name's escaping me now, but when he's talking about stock prices and they found a high, I think, I don't know his exact words, but he said like basically possibly a permanently high plateau in stock prices. <laughs> Here we are in the 2020s and we're like, you know, what, what an idiot, what a moron for, for thinking that something could be permanent like that. Well, I think historians are going to look back at, at central bankers in the, in the 21st century in particular and, and, and especially in the West. And, and they're going to say things like, this is, what do you mean transitory? Like, like, um, what do you mean, uh, the, the, the mortgage, um, crisis? I forget the exact term they use was contained, you know, speaking, speaking about during the, uh, the Great Recession, transitory, um, or, or many of the other phrases that, that central bank members and, and chairmen and women have used in the last 10 or 20 years. Um, transitory is just going to be another word that is going to be retired, but I think is going to haunt um, Jerome Powell for, for a long time to come. Well, okay, that last topic's a little longer than three minutes. That's all right. I'm still going to get it in under 15 minutes. Um, let me know what you think of this format, speeding things up. It's probably a good habit for me to work on anyways. I get my thoughts out more coherently. But I hope you appreciate today's podcast. Quick reminder, um, as I as I showed on kind of that visual, for those of you on YouTube at least, maybe not on the podcast platforms, which I do post my work, by the way, if, if you prefer podcast over you know YouTube, check me out. I, I think I'm on most major, if not all major platforms now. Uh, my, my book, um, Zero Sum, that's where I'm going with this. Um, zero-sum book one of the civil strife series if you have not heard of it um, it is i guess you'd call it a post-apocalyptic so it's not like biblical apocalypse it's not um, end of the world meteors hitting earth it's what i'd call like a societal and an economic collapse thriller there's political elements to it too world falls apart right shtf um, end of the world as we know it, whatever you want to call it um, type of scenario um, so anyways be sure to check that book out because book two is going to be um, available on Amazon early 2022. Uh, same formats as before, audiobook, paperback, ebook, hardcover. Um, so, you know, if, if it's been something that you've kind of put on the back burner, you want to do eventually is, is read through that book. I highly encourage you to, to get started on that because book two will be out before you know it. I'm already uh, chugging along pretty well. Um as I, as I write that. And I'm really excited for it. I think the second book is going to be even better than the first, which it better because I'm a new author and I hope I'm getting better over time. But anyways, um, 
There's a link down below in the description for that. There's also a link for Audible, although at the bottom of those five links for the different formats um, that would allow you to to uh, get a free trial on, on Audible if you haven't used Audible in the past. And that means you get my book for free if you want to if you want to try it, kind of dip your toes in the water without actually paying something. So as always, I'd like to uh, thank each and every one of you for tuning into today's podcast. I always appreciate your guys' support. Um, be sure to leave a comment. I'd like to hear from you guys. As always, thank you and God bless.